This is Aletheia's story. Welcome back to the Six Feet Above podcast. I am sitting across from Aletheia Tinkle, who is the owner, founder, all things beauty in Bella Med Spa, which is if you are in the Alpharetta area or the Buckhead area, I cannot stress enough how amazing her and her team are. They've done a few facials for myself, uh, a couple couple little little tweaks to my my uh, wrinkle situation, and I'm just telling you, they are the kindest. It is the cutest little place um, in the Alpharetta and Buckhead location, and you founded this, what, 13 years ago? Mm-hmm, a little over 13 years. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the past two years have been wild. Yes. But really, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Is this your first podcast? Yes. I always ask people because I'm very interested. I'm like, what have you shared? And we were chatting a little bit before the episode and Aletheia was so open in that she never used to share a lot of stuff, right? A lot of life and things have kind Mm. of changed over the past year or two Mm -hmm. and not only personally, but professionally. So what I like to really do is kind of dive into who you are before your business, right? Before anything else, who you are as a person, where you're from, kind of how you were raised, what your, your family life was growing up. And we go from there. Yeah. So you're not from here, right? Right. So I'm from California. Okay. Um, I was raised, um, very in a very religious home, mm-hmm. a lot of rules. We grew up uh, without television. Really, just like a small example of how it was a little bit extreme. Wow. At a, at a certain point, my parents technically were missionaries, and we actually lived in Nairobi, Kenya, when I was a little girl. Wow. So I did get some beautiful experiences of sure. it being so inclusive. We I was so comfortable to travel anywhere, make friends with anybody new. Um, so there were some really beautiful things about that. Okay. But as a lot of people know, um, a heavily religious home can be a little bit negative, yeah. uh, a little bit oppressive. And then you just also feel that you're never enough. Mm. You're never good enough. You can't match up. Sure. And that's a lot of pressure. So what religion? Uh, they're, they're Christian. Okay. Yeah. And they're amazing people. Now they have founded a nonprofit. It's been open almost 20 years and they're very successful. They do a lot of beautiful work around the world, mostly third world countries. So when you say they're there, you're talking about your parents or the missionary that they were a part of? Yeah. My parents. Okay. So they then went on and started their own nonprofit. Yeah. Wow. So they're wonderful people. They really do care. Um, so that was my childhood. Uh, we did traveled ha- a lot. Did you have um, siblings or do you have siblings? Mm-hmm. I have a younger sister. She's okay. two years younger. Okay. So you traveled a lot, but you were born in California. Uh, I was born in Michigan because my grandfather's a surgeon and he okay. delivered me. <gasps> no, so your mom was like about to pop and they're like, let's get yes. back to Michigan? Yes. Really? Uh-huh. To have me, yeah. Well, God forbid. What if like you had gone early? What would she yeah, have done? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. What, so, so your grandfather delivered time. you? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, kind of crazy. That's yeah. so wild. I know, isn't it? So yeah. then like, I'm assuming your parents hung out there for a few months and then took you yeah. back or mm-hmm. what? Yeah. What happened with your sister? Same situation? Nope. So then they just had her <laughs> in a regular hospital. <laughs> I think it's the first baby. You know, they yeah. were nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a different time. I mean, when I had my kids, I didn't even let my parents come in the room. <laughs> right. You're like, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So just a little bit of a different time. So. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so super Christian. What kind mm-hmm. of other rules did you have to abide by if you remember growing up? Yeah, so we um, definitely had a lot of rules about presenting yourself. So like we weren't allowed to wear makeup um, and clothing had to be quite modest. Couldn't listen to any kind of radio or really? m- modern music. So it kind of kept you in a little bit of a bubble. I would say that I was pretty naive. Even into my early 20s, there yeah. was just a lot of things I had kind of missed out on. We didn't watch movies and things like that. So um, I'm thankful for some of it. Mm-hmm. The innocent piece is beautiful. And I try and raise my children to keep them young, open, and innocent. Yeah. But I obviously don't have that many rules right. enforced on them. Right. And we really raise them 
to know that they're worthy and they're good enough and it's not about what they do or don't right, do. Right, 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 right. So did you go to public school for high school? I, we went to private school. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I did go to public school just for a little bit, but yeah, mostly private mostly school. Mostly private school. Mm-hmm. Was yep. it a, a Catholic, or not Catholic, Christian, Christian. school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I loved it. I had a great time in school. So were you surrounded school. by other people with the same, like, no, were they? we were definitely, like, more the strict. odd ones out. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it, got um, it, got it. Amazingly, my husband was raised very, very similar. Mm. So, and they were even extremely strict with food like we weren't allowed to have sugar really and he wasn't either and he also grew up without television which, which is unbelievable yeah that is i didn't know wild. any other children that were raised like that yeah so we definitely knew that we were different it was my parents morals it was their ab- objective or their idea to was, raise us that way were they raised that way no interesting um my Father was raised in a Baptist home, which is similar, very religious yeah. and, and and somewhat strict, but he had a lot of freedom. Okay. So I am curious. I don't know if it was just that time right. when that, were, that was the Bible Belt time. Yeah, yeah. That was the time when people would go to church on Sunday. You would go to church on Wednesday, too. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Twice a week. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up in a Catholic school. Yeah. And I thought once a week was bad. <laughs> yeah, twice a week. Uh, but that doesn't really happen anymore. Right, right, And right, also right. Sunday, you would have like the the – full auditorium where you would have everyone together and Mm -hmm. then you would separate and go into the Bible classes. And that doesn't happen so much either anymore. So yeah, you would be there half of a day. Right. Even in private schools. Times are just a little bit different. Yeah. Wow. So at what point did you kind of realize, okay, my family's a little bit different. Um, Did you ever like resent your parents growing up or did you really respect all of the rules they had in place for you? Yeah. I think like most kids, it was my norm, mm-hmm. though I didn't love it yeah. until later teens. Um, and then I wanted to make a life for myself that really made sense for me. And I was starting to question mm. some things and, and I wanted to figure out, you know, how do I want to live right. and what, are, what do I agree with? And I there are pieces that I can take with me and sure. stand on and some of those pieces I discarded. Sure. So I think that's kind of common around that teen age, like 16, yeah. 17. You're like, who am I? What do I believe? So I moved out really early. I moved out as soon as I turned 18. Really? You're like, bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you go to college? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go? Yep. So I went to college in California. Um, I only went for one year. I graduated high school early. Okay. So I went my 17th year. Were your parents like, I don't know, I just feel like going from this kind of sheltered, if you will, right? Fairly sheltered life without, without obviously social media back then, but even TV, you know, like, I don't think any kid can really fathom what that's like, but you (laughs) go from zero to 60 so quick, all of a sudden you're in the real world at 18. Yeah. Were you just like, what do I do? Or were you looking forward to that freedom? And were your parents like, oh, I have so many questions because it's very interesting. Did your parents like kind of push their, were they open to you exploring and figuring out who you were? Or were they very pushy in making sure you kind of stayed the course, even though you left the house? Yeah. So, um, I hope my mom does not listen to this podcast. I don't think that she would, but, (laughs) um, so my childhood is, so to me, a juxtaposition, Yeah, we had so many rules, Mm. they were so strict, and at the same time, they were also completely hands-off and uninvolved, so much so that I graduated a year early Uh of my own accord Uh with, in honors classes. That is my personality and yeah. also what we yeah. talked about. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Overachiever we'll trying get to. to get yeah. yeah. Trying to get some approval. Uh-huh. Um so they both worked a lot. Okay. And were very uninvolved mm. emotionally and otherwise. So it was like we're gonna place all these rules on you mm-hmm. and then you're on your own at the same time. Yes. Wow. So um I graduated a year early. There was no party or celebration okay. or anything. They never took me to tour university. 
So I had friends that were going to school. I went with them. I toured and I chose Delta Community College because it looked like a really nice college. Okay. Um, so that's why I went there. I took myself. I signed myself up. Got it. Wow. <laughs> so, um, and I went a year because I wanted to move out, but they said I couldn't until I was 18. Mm. So um, as soon as I turned 18, since they were so hands-off and I really didn't have an emotional relationship with them. Mm. It was very easy for me to move out. I'm a very strong personality, very decisive. Yeah. I actually moved to Atlanta. Right after you did the one year? From California. Oh, wow. So you've been here (laughs) since then pretty much? Yes. Wow. And they visited me maybe once. In the past um, what twenty as, years? Until I got married. How old are you? So I'm forty two. Okay. Which, um, she literally looks like she's like thirty three. <laughs> like honestly, of course. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, the, I have no idea if they were worried. Um, if Did you that tell was them not you were ex- moving? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was their reaction? I mean, yeah, there really wasn't much of a response or reaction. There was no like lecture, be careful Mm. or blah, blah, blah. Let me help you pick your apartment. I mean, I had never stayed in an apartment before back then. That's really before the internet. I got a paper. (laughs) I stayed at, um, I stayed at somebody's place. I don't know how I stayed at someone's place and I looked in a paper and I circled ads and I would call them. Gosh. I got a job at Barnes and Noble. I bought a car for a thousand dollars. Did you drive across country? Or did you move I here flew. without a car? It okay. was very cheap. It was like $150. Right, 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 right. Back in the day. Wow. It's it like 23 like years I'm so ago. old, but But when you think about it, like 23 years is It was very different though. It's before cell phones. I had a giant brick of a phone, but it was really only for 911. Right. I never used it. I never opened right. it. So how did you afford everything? I had always worked. I okay. had always been a little entrepreneur since I was a kid. And since that I wasn't was, like, you weren't pressured by your parents to do that. That was kind of like your own. That was in me. Okay. Also, because they were so hands-off, if I wanted to buy mm. anything, I had to do it. Got it. So I would vacuum people's homes. Oh, my gosh. Or mow the yard. Yeah. Or I, when I started riding horses when I was really little... Instead of what a normal kid would do, take lessons, go to horse shows, Uh I did that too, but I would also buy a pony that was not broken Mm. or didn't know anything, and I would train it, show it, and sell it. And I always had the business. Every year, I would sell a pony. So I had money of my own. And I think that's, you know, that is a wonderful lesson that I got from that hands-off childhood. It made me into an entrepreneur. Because I had two choices. Right. One, do nothing and stay home. Right. Or two, go get it. Figure it out. <laughs> right? So I decided to go get it. Do you ever look back and like see how oh, yeah. much you struggled? Like I feel like... Yeah. I, to, to, and again, I come from everything is normal when you grow up. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Whatever home you're in, that's you normal, normal to you. That's, mm-hmm. oh, that's what you grew up with. Yeah. And that's... I mean... There's no, until you go to school, until you start like seeing your, your friends and how their parents treat them. And it's like, wait, like my parents don't do that or whatever. So for me, I also grew up in a very, not sheltered, but my parents, I was an only child. So it was like, they always knew where I was going. They always knew what I was doing. Like it was, I was only allowed to do and hang out with certain people. Like I remember I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons or Married with Children. We still had a TV. I was allowed to watch. But that sort of hands on. Mm -hmm. But they also very much adored me and loved me and came to all my swim practices and Mm -hmm. swim meets. And so that affection was there. Yeah. So looking back, when did you kind of realize um, my parents don't do that for me? Yeah, it's so amazing because I don't think that I really realized it till my mid-20s. Okay. For some reason in my mid-20s, I really wanted to have a relationship with them. Mm. I just really wanted to know them and I really wanted to be known. Probably more than anything, I wanted to be known. Yeah. Because honestly, if you look back at 
my growing up, all of that doing yeah. was one, striving for attention yep. and two, covering up the emotions sure. of not being, of not getting like what I needed. The void of emotions yeah. basically, right? So I was very good at doing. Right. Running, running, running. So you just kept, yeah, as a young girl, you just kept moving onto the next yep. thing, onto the next thing because yeah. there's this void over here. But if I don't realize it's a void. If I don't pause, yeah. I won't feel it. Wow. <laughs> but I couldn't have even recognized that till right. actually not that long ago. Right. So, um, so what yeah, happened in your mid-20s? Yeah. yeah. So I actually wrote them very long letters. And I had really high hopes, but it could not be received. And for so many reasons. I mean, honestly, I'm a parent. It would be really hard to hear that from your child, that they felt hurt. They felt that you didn't raise them the way that they needed. And they felt that you didn't know them. And um, I'm sure it would be hard to hear. I think ego got in the way so they were defensive Mm. and it just did not go over. Mm. So... I just dropped it. Really? So I just dropped, yeah. You just kept moving on. Yeah. So I'm thankful I have a loving husband. Yeah. And he's like my biggest cheerleader. And we are completely opposite than both of our childhoods. We are 100% open. We communicate yeah. about everything. everything. And we're yeah. very emotional. Yeah. And we raise our kids. Right. That way. With so like, was there a point in your life? And we'll talk about like when you guys met and, and the business and all that. But was there a point in your life where it was like, I do want to be a mom, but I do not want to be the mom that I had? Like, was that a cognitive like decision or did you just, was it inherent in you to want to be involved in your kid's life and want to show them that compassion and those emotions? Yeah, I think it's totally natural. Okay. I think it's not natural to, well, I shouldn't say that. Some people don't attach to their babies okay. emotionally. Okay. I, and some people do. Okay. So for me, it was very natural to be crazy about them. Yeah. yeah. And I want to know everything about them. Right. And I want to support them and champion them right. their whole lives. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to have kids. Really? Mm-mm. What I, changed? I got pregnant. <laughs> okay here we go fair enough fair enough oh my gosh okay so let's back up yeah your husband's name is lauren lauren and Mm -hmm. you guys met so um we met very serendipitously here in atlanta yeah i like this story yeah so we met here at a church he was visiting a friend so faith was still a part of your life yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, even yeah. though you were raised this way, mm-hmm. you didn't, like, go against the church, right? Yeah. You still... We still go to church. Okay. And okay. Yeah, it actually is still, like, a part... Like, we have faith. Right. But I would say that we're also spiritual. Yeah. And we do question everything and make sure that it meets, you know, lines up with our values. Sure, sure. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to no, interrupt okay. because some people go, yeah. you know, when they're raised that way, they're like, and I'm done with this yeah. church forever. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so because of my dad's um, job, so often he worked for a nonprofit before they started theirs. So we actually did live in Atlanta for just a little tiny bit. And um, we went to this church in Roswell. Mm -hmm. And my husband was helping a friend who was moving here, and he visited the church. And we met in the parking lot. Oh my gosh. And I was obviously very young. I think I was 16. Okay. Okay. And, uh, we just, I don't know. It's like a fate, you know, I just knew, I told my girlfriend, I thought he was very handsome of course, but I told my girlfriend, if I date him, I'm going to marry him. At 16. At 16, which most 16-year-olds think that way. Oh, yeah. Right? Everything's major, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a very decisive person, so I wanted to date him and know him. He, you know, this was before cell phones. Right. So everything was landline. Right. Um, we, right after I met him, we moved back to California. Okay, okay. Um, within like a month or two months. So um, he was from Virginia, Arlington. Okay. So we would write letters. We talked on the landline. Yeah, yeah. Very romantic. And um, back then, really inexpensive to fly. So we would take turns flying to visit each other. He wow. would obviously stay in my home with my parents. And they were okay with that? Yes. Really? Because they weren't so hands-off. Got it. 
Got it. They were. Okay. I mean, we weren't doing anything. Right. We were just talking. Right, 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 right. And having adventures. And yeah. it was really a beautiful, like, courtship, I would say. Okay. Really fun. Yeah, the wild thing is, as as many rules as we had, they let me fly to visit him. That's insane. They at when I was sixteen, which is now that I have a kid, right? It Never blows my yeah, mind. Yeah. When I was sixteen, they let us go on a cross country road trip in oh a car to get there without. That's before cell phones are. I mean, we didn't have pagers. So. Right. 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 I mean, thank gosh he wasn't like a murderer or something. Because <laughs> they never talked to him. They never, they didn't know him. So it's like they cared, but they also didn't care at the same time. I think it was about the rules. Mm. It was like about the religion, not mm. the, that's my interpretation. Okay. They okay. would probably say something very different. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I have known him for a really long wow. time. And he's 10 years older than me. Wow. He looks very young, okay. and because they never really got to know him, I'm so curious, but I bet that they never knew. That he was that, that much he older? he was older. Yeah, because at 16, what parent's going to be like, yeah, he's 26, go for it. That's 16. wild. Yeah, so 16, so if you think about it, I kept growing mm -hmm. as far as like height until mm -hmm. I was probably close to 20. Right. Because I was still a kid. Yeah, yeah. So did you kind of move to Atlanta to be to closer be to him? To be with him. Mm -hmm. Was he already in so Atlanta? So he had moved here. Okay. Yeah, at that okay. time he had moved here because um, when we were dating long distance, um, so Virginia is a lot of traffic. Yeah. It's very expensive to live there. And he loved Atlanta. It's so green. And mm -hmm. he's like, there's no traffic in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> like compared. Fast forward 20 years. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. And, um, and I didn't really care. Okay. And I didn't want to stay there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, um, and I'm so thankful because he did provide a very safe foundation for me to continue growing up and figuring out who I was and what right, I wanted. Right. And at least by this point, you were 18, accepted. so you were allowed to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. And go wherever. I would never let my baby do that. I have a little girl. <laughs> never. But it worked out yeah. for us. Wow. So when did mm -hmm. you actually get married? So we got, I was 20. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he's 30, you're 20. Mm -hmm. You guys are living in Atlanta. Yeah. Did you move in before you got married? Did you live with each other before? No, we okay. did not. Mm -hmm. So you get married and again, if it's like too personal, yeah. please just tell me. But like, I would imagine I'm not married, but I want my dad to walk me down the aisle and my parents to yeah. be there and all those things. Were you feeling any of that at 20 or did you just... I still, yeah. I mean, I love them and I know they right, love me. Right, Um. So yeah, my dad's an ordained minister, so he married us. Okay. We had a traditional wedding. Um, Back in California? It was actually here. Here, okay. Yeah. So we had, a, we had a traditional wedding and it was beautiful. And yeah, my dad married us. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. then they were like, see you later. And then you really didn't talk to them until... I talked to them, but they just weren't the type that would ever like call me and check in. Got it. Or okay. come visit. Okay. So it was really up to you to so communicate busy. with them. And still. Still. Still yeah. is. Yeah. Which wow. is wild. Wow. So... It could be generational. I don't know. Possibly. You can't like judge someone's heart because... Right. Right. And I think... Also, what you have to understand is the way that somebody treats you most of the time has nothing to do with yeah, you, 100%. right? It's something that they went through, the way that they were raised, a trauma that they, you know, had to deal with that they haven't healed from. Yeah. Um, but we get in our own heads because we do think it's about us. We do think that we could yeah. have done something differently. And you're a, you're a child. You only knew what you knew. Yeah. So you were very open with me earlier about this sort of need to be validated, especially by your dad, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And you never had that opportunity mm -hmm. until recently, like four, five, six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, he. Yeah, he passed. passed so he had cancer. And, um, and he fought it for two and a half years, which okay. is amazing. He had stage four for two and a half years, wow. which is like um, unheard of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my dad was a workaholic and not very emotional. Yeah. 
So I did want his, and a super high achiever. Got it. So I did want his approval and also just a, a smidge of attention. Sure. Really. Sure. I think. And I think that it does go back to at some point when I was little, I think probably first grade, we had one of those little Olympics at school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just my competitive personality. I won <laughs> like all the things. Yeah. And I remember his face. And he looked so proud. Aww. And I think that I clung to that. Wow. Actually, my whole life until this past year of like, oh, I know how to mm. make him happy. I know how to get his attention. I got to win You got to win. Right. So a major overachiever, yeah. overdoer my whole, entire life. Wow. Um, and competing in all different arenas. And um. So yeah, when he passed, of course, it was very sad in so many ways and still is, and I'm still processing. Um, but one wonderful thing that came out of it is I got to be released from striving for attention from this person because he's no longer here. Mm. So I got to reassess my life really and say, do I want to keep running at this pace? Just winning, winning to win, all the things to win somebody's yeah. attention, and it didn't even work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got to, you know, and it's it's humbling to be that honest with yourself, yeah. and it's not easy, and it's almost like cutting something out of you, right? So it's painful and hard, and then very disorienting because I know how to live at that running on the treadmill right. pace. Right. Winning all the things, overdoing. I know how to do that. But just to live and to be or be mm. still, I didn't know how to do it. I'm still learning how to do it. Yeah. But I'm so thankful. I want I want to really live. Right. And right. really see myself and my actions and be sure and be brutally honest with myself. Like if I go to a horse show, you right. know I have horses. Right. And yep. If I go to a horse show, do I want to go to a horse show? Yeah. What if I come in 10th? Right. Is that okay? Right. You know? And be really honest with myself like that about everything. Yeah. I had no idea that I was overdoing in every arena. So did you just have this like, like did you even know consciously it was happening after he passed? Or did you just kind of feel like a weight was lifted off of your spirit, body, whatever. Yeah. So two things happened right before he passed. My horse, I had bought a young, very, very young horse and I had trained him and I had been showing him and bringing him up the levels of dressage for three, four years. Okay. And I had big goals to take him all the way to the top, yeah. blah, blah, blah. He had a bit of an aggressive tendency and he, he hurt me really bad at a horse show and I went to the hospital. Mm. Um, I had an ambulance ride, all of that. And I had to face the fact that overdoing with him and hanging on to that dream yeah. could actually kill me. Mm. And is that worth it? Right. And would anyone care? Right. Would, would someone be like, I'm so glad that she stuck it out with that horse and now she's dead. <laughs> you know? Right, right. No, nobody would care. Yeah. And he didn't even care. Yeah. So I was hanging on so tight to this dream with this horse of going all the way to the top and winning all the things and don't give up yeah. even though he was dangerous even though he almost hurt me so many times then finally he hurt me and I had to say if enough I had sneezed if my head was lower he could have got me in the head he got right. me in the torso I okay mean, so I was so fortunate but it was an, like an opportunity mm. so that happened and then very shortly after he passed. Huh. So I think it was kind of like that first injury with the horse was like an opening of the door. Right. Of like, you're not just doing this because you love this. Right. You're doing this for something deeper. Right. And you are worthy just as you are. Right. Whether you show horses, train horses, compete, fail, yeah. win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with him passing, I I honestly did not realize that I was living my life to give his approval or attention. Right. It was so subconscious. It was yes. like that inner right. child. Right. I mean, if you had told me that two years ago, I would have been offended. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's like one of those things you have to come to. Absolutely. Which is most life changes, Mm -hmm. right? Like you have to figure out. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't even, you can't put your finger on it. Yeah. And that's where help from other people, therapists, you know, whatever works for you. There's a gazillion different things you can do to kind of open up that subconscious. But there's so much stuff we go through as kids that is there and buried and we don't even realize until we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. It's still there. Yeah. Which is wild. I'm so thankful because I want to learn these lessons. Right. And I want to be a great example for my kids. Sure. You have three kids? I have three. So (sighs) I want to show them that they are worthy as they are. Yeah. And to live a balanced life. Like my life looks so different now. It's very peaceful. It's very So you're saying you're saying you're always used to be always go, go, go. You opened your business 13 years ago, Mm -hmm. which is huge undertaking. Mm -hmm. When did you open the second location? So I opened that one a year and a half ago. Okay. I opened the first one in the recession. Yeah. And I opened the second one (laughs) during COVID. (laughs) I like a challenge. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) Clearly. But it's worked for you, right? You you thrive in that sort of environment. Pressure. I love like tension and pressure. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So what, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the business. Um, What kind of inspired you to get into you know, skincare and wellness and all of these things. Yeah. Because that wasn't your original path, right? Right. No. So I was doing uh, promotions and marketing, like event planning, which is really stressful. Um, So I always saw a dermatologist since I was a teen um, for acne. Yeah. And um, when I had my career doing event planning, right before each huge event, I would break out. Mm. I would be so stressed stress, out. Stress, yeah, yeah. I tried all the medications with the derm. Nothing really worked. And one day he said, well, you should get a peel or a facial from my esthetician. I didn't even know what an esthetician was. Right. I loved her. We actually are still friends. Really? Mm-hmm. She's like an angel. Um, so she actually taught me about my skin Okay. and she taught me about product ingredients and it really helped balance my skin out. So it was nothing crazy. Right. I mean, back then we had like chemical peels and microderm. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And talk therapy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it was awesome. I, I loved seeing her. I would see her every month and they become like your girlfriend, you know? Uh, so I really loved the products. I always asked her like a million questions and I always complained about my job when it was stressful. Uh-huh. So one day after a couple of years or something, she's like, well, you should be an esthetician. Like you love products. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, I didn't think of it as like a career. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, almost everyone in my family is in medicine. They're either nurses or doctors or surgeons. So I think I have that bent towards science Mm -hmm. and I love learning. So I thought I could go to aesthetic school at night, keep my job, and then maybe get into product development. I wanted to work for like a really huge company, like L'Oreal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to work in the lab. So that was my game plan. Okay. So I went to aesthetic school. I loved it. I like ate it up. Except I was like, I don't know if I don't really want to touch people. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard because that's basically all she all does. All I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I do. I love touching people now. But in aesthetic school, especially back then, it's a lot of right. massage. Right, 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 Rub right, their right. feet, rub their hands. Really? So, you have to go through all oh that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, totally. Like that's like masseuse school or massage school or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, and you know who goes to skin school to yeah. get a yeah, yeah, foot yeah. massage ew, for $15? Yeah, exactly. So a little traumatizing. (laughs) Um, But the last month before graduation, they brought in special speakers. And one they brought in was a plastic surgeon. Okay. And he brought in a laser. Mm. And he lectured on the science of laser technology, which – so that was about 19 years ago. Okay. So they had been out for 10 years, but that was still very, very new. new. Yeah, yeah. It was still when we were doing it for like hair removal Got and it. some very simple things. They were very big, really expensive. Expensive, yeah. No one I knew had ever had a laser yeah. treatment. And I was hooked. I was like, I love the science that you could affect one tiny target and not hurt surrounding tissue. Sure. How does that even work? Right. So back then there wasn't a laser school. So I apprenticed under two plastic surgeons down here in Buckhead. Yeah. 
for several years, and then I went and got certified on each individual laser that you can perform in America. So it took me like four years. Right. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Wow. Yeah. Is there a term for someone that is certified in laser therapy? Uh, like a laser specialist. Okay. In okay. Georgia, they call it a, so it's, it's a laser practitioner. It's not like a degree, right? But it's, it's like... certification. Okay. Yeah. Um, you have to have an aesthetic license or sure. a nursing license. Sure. And then you add that on top of it. Okay. Yeah. So you're into this. And at what mm-hmm. point were you like, I'm going to do this on my own? Yeah. So I worked with the two doctors. I absolutely loved them. They were really into science and technology and always bringing in like the latest products, new lasers, demoing stuff. We would do research and write articles. It was so much fun. It was the best place for me to work. But the one surgeon was aging out. He was close to 80. He really needed to stop doing plastic (laughs) surgery. So he was ready to retire and shut the practice. I was fully booked with clients. Yeah. And looking at all of my options and working on my resume and I just looking at my book of appointments, I just realized like I love these clients. They're like my family. Right. Half of them might follow me, but I don't know where I'm going to work. Sure. Back then, most places had maybe one laser. Okay. We were so spoiled. I had 10. Wow. And I had a key. I could do anything I wanted. I was 100% trusted. I designed their treatment plans. It was like my own business right. in their practice right. because them. they trusted me sure. so much. And I had all the toys. Yeah. So I thought, what if I take the clients that I have in my books and I rent a small room and maybe I could rent a laser okay. from somebody yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah. Um, so I presented it to the doctor and he gave his blessing. Wow. Yeah. Because he knew he was going to close the practice anyways, basically. Yeah, but he did not have to do that. Huh. Because it was a medical practice. That was back when we had paper charts. Yeah. Those were his (laughs) clients, Clients. his patients. Patients, yeah. Yeah. So that was like a gift Mm. to give me his blessing, to allow me to contact all those clients. Sure. So I did. I rented a very small room. And I rented a laser from a doctor, Dr. McKenna, who... Yeah. Yeah. Wait, of me? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep. What a small world. I know. I'm everyone's like, I know connected. that name. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. you had this, like, little, tiny little business. Tiny. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like one of those moments of, like, make it or break it. Right. You know, right. you're going to go be an employee somewhere. Right. And you're probably going to hate it after the that job was like yeah epic gold. yeah oh my gosh yeah. epic um so go be an employee lose half of your clients you're yeah. following or go do it yeah so i <laughs> just decided to go do it um so i had the room and um very quickly i just realized i was so busy yeah and i needed more space i wanted it to be my own place i could set it up and give them the full experience I found the little house on Wayuka kind yeah. of by accident. I was looking in the strip center by Which is so um, cute. I Fresh love that Market. you have a house. I do too. I love it. It's I do such too. a cool vibe. I love it. Yeah. So he had a like a little handwritten sign out there that says room for rent. <laughs> so I just went to the little house and chatted with him and I loved him. I love my landlord, Bill. Yeah. He's amazing. But I said, I really want the house. not one room and so we negotiated back and forth and we ended up putting a wall in and an extra door so he has a room and I have the house you have the house (laughs) which is amazing wow yeah I've been there over 13 years that's incredible yeah so when it's just grown yeah it's just grown and grown grown. I'm like slow and steady yeah I'm very conservative so yeah when I started it was just me clients would call my cell phone I had a paper book (laughs) of appointments (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then slowly, you know, bought a computer, got a front desk person. Wow. Bought a first laser, slow and steady. Yeah. So, you know, do you go back and like share all this like cool, fun, exciting news with your parents or, you know, like where did, yeah. and were they, they excited actually, for you at all? Or yeah, just, they okay. actually um, came into town and helped me set up yeah. um, Bella in the little house okay. on Wayuka. 
which was awesome. That was really special. Uh, so they were supportive. Okay. They were proud of me. They just have trouble to... Shh, communicating it. Yeah, <laughs> verbalize showing it, it. Verbalize it, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, they did They did come help. And my parents are really... I just think that they're so smart. And especially my dad, yeah. having traveled the world and worked in so many different nonprofits... Um, he used to do consulting, so okay. he would problem solve. So he, I would call him for, yeah. you know, advice yeah. and, um, but yeah, starting a business from scratch is no joke. So, I learned a lot. It's insane. <laughs> I learned so much. I mean, yeah. I'm lucky I don't Painful. have like overhead and like a location because yes. that's a whole nother thing. Like my business, I yeah. just, you know, run on my own. But yeah. so, you know, you're kind of smooth sailing and then COVID hits. Yeah. And then at what point were you like, not only am I just going to make it through this and, and survive, but I'm going to open another I know. location. I know. Does your, is your husband like, oh my God, what did I marry? Yes, he is. So he's Finnish. Very logical. Oh, okay. He's Finnish. Steady got, Eddie. It, got it, got it, mm-hmm. He's Scandinavian. So yep. um, yeah, he doesn't like change a lot. Mm. So and. Um, he's very grounded. What does he do again? So he has his own business too. Okay. He's a mechanic. He works on Ducati motorcycles and antique cars. Very cool. Yeah. 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 Um, he's very supportive. Um, but he is very grounded. So Mm. he is always like, let's lay out all the pros and cons. And in general, I would say he would tell me, don't do it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in, in most of my endeavors. Yeah. And then I, I take it with a grain of salt and then I kind of go by my gut. Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks. Uh-huh. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't want me to go to aesthetic school. Really? He didn't want me to open the Bella and Bachhead. It's risk. Yeah. And he's risk averse. Got it. Which is very practical. Sure. You know, I wanted to have three kids. It's not practical to have three kids. Well, at first you did number. want kids though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's just jump okay. into that. Okay. So how old are you when you get pregnant for your first yeah. Do you remember? Um, I know. I have to like go back. So I think I was 36. Okay. Late. So yeah, that is late. late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you, at this point you, did you guys just agree like, okay, we're not going to have kids. We're just going to live our life. Yeah. I was content. I was working at Bella. Okay. And when you have a small business, you work a million right. hours. Right. And uh, we would travel and I loved my life I had a horse and I was very content okay and I liked kids but it's hard to envision it in your life when you don't have them right um it just seems like a wild crazy (laughs) thing like how do I incorporate another human into this yeah and I thought like when could I be pregnant right you know um so Bella was my baby yeah and I got pregnant and um (laughs) We both, it was so funny because I think when you get pregnant the first time, you think you're the first human ever having a baby. I mean, we practically like clung to each other. Like we were on a boat that was sinking. We were like wide eyed for like months, right, you know, like, right. are we going to be okay? Yeah. Um, so it was like a crazy adventure to yeah. go through, but we were so excited yeah. and that surprised both of us. Okay. So we knew that it was the right meant thing to be yeah, and yeah, a beautiful yeah. thing yeah. and all of that but yeah it didn't seem real until really when you have right. a baby right you're like oh we you can't think you're give this back a kid and <laughs> taking this home yeah yeah and then you meet them and you're like oh you're a person that's wild yeah. to me. i saw this thing on tiktok where it was this woman and she's just laying down in bed and she's dying laughing. I mean, it has like 4 million views, but she's dying laughing. And she's like, oh my God, you want to know what the funniest thing is? The funniest thing is that I'm a mom. I have a kid. I'm responsible for a child. A human. It's wild. It is. But it's you have the huge. first one and then you're like, wait, not only do I want oh, two, but I want three. Yeah. Where did I, that come from? I always wanted to have a big family. I think because of how my family was. Mm. I wanted to have a big family. I really wanted to have five kids. I wanted that loud, busy house full of love yeah. and laughter. And I don't know. I just wanted a big like family. Like when you were younger or? Yeah. Because you said for a while, you're like, we, we yeah, didn't. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't want kids. Plan to have kids. But I always thought if I did, I wanted to have okay. a lot. And yeah. then after I had the first one, definitely. I was like, oh, I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> This is awesome. (laughs) Not even, Um, not even. Well, that's like, I talk about this all the time. Like 
moving from LA to Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. You know, uh, I was culture shock. Culture shock. Totally. And no one is even talking about marriage, much less kids yeah. in their late 20s, early 30s in yeah. LA. At least not my group of, of no. you know, friends totally. were. And then I moved here and I was like, oh my God, everyone not only is married, but they have like eight year olds right. at 30 years old, you totally. know, or whatever, which mm -hmm. is fine, but it's very different. So it I is. would imagine at 36 living in the South, you're like, oh, this is, this is different. And then when did you have your third one? Yeah. So I just, so he's almost two. I was going to say. Like so I had, he's a COVID baby. Okay. Yeah. So you were 40, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I know. I'm thankful that. My pregnancies were easy. Yeah. I was healthy. They were healthy. Yeah. Because that is late. Yeah. Um, my um, OB was so awesome, though. He had a patient that was 50 that had her first. <sighs> wow. And she had just had hers right when I was trying to get pregnant with my third. And Got that it. encouraged me so much. Yeah. He's like, you're healthy. Technology's amazing yes. now. If yes. you want that third, go for it. Right. So my third is a bit later than my second because my husband wasn't on board. Mm. Um, but I just had in my heart, I knew there was a third baby. I knew it was a boy. Yeah. And I'm like, he's waiting. <laughs> and I just knew it would be awesome and complete our family. But I'm not going to like force anything or right. demand. So right. we would just talk about it now yeah. and then. And just one day he's like, okay, okay, <laughs> let's just go for it. He's like, I've known you long enough. It's already you a usually, crazy house with you. You usually go for what you want. So, so here we go. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we had um, – and it was amazing. And the third baby, you're not nervous. Yeah. You're, it's not stressful. You've already done it. Yeah, like, the yeah. whole thing was so chill, and it was awesome. And I actually got to have him at home. Wow. Yeah. So you must have had him right at the start of COVID, right? It was like um, – What's his birthday? It was right after the quarantine. Oh, so okay. yeah, it was like when, it, when it was all really hitting. Yeah. Dang. I know. Crazy. So how do you, you know, you're running a business with two locations. You've got mm -hmm. employees. You've got, you live on a farm. Mm -hmm. We didn't even talk about this yet, but you live on a farm. You have horses. You mm -hmm. have um, you have chickens. and I have uh, what, goats and a cow. Goats and a cow. And horses. Um, <laughs> Horses. I mean, all of the like that in itself is a full time job. Yeah. And you have three kids, mm -hmm. two baby businesses. Like, how do you manage yeah. to a stay physically healthy, mentally healthy, find time for yourself, and also be a good mom and a good wife and a good business owner? Yeah. Like, how do you I, do it all? Yeah. Um. I mean. That's such a funny question because when people ask me, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you just do it. <laughs> yeah, you just do it. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of energy and I like to be busy yeah. naturally. The children and husband piece are like joyful yeah. and fun yeah. and I want to do it. Um, the business, Buckhead, is very established. Yeah. It runs like a clock. Right. I have a beautiful team. Yeah. Alfreda is getting there. So it doesn't need me too much. Got it. I'm more of the manager, marketer, and I'm one of the employees. Sure. So I do, you know, work on clients. Um, but it doesn't take six days a week, right. 10 right. hours a day. I think that I work a lot of hours if I actually tracked it. Right. Because of constant phone calls, sure. emails. Sure, sure, sure. You're always available. All that stuff. Right. Yeah, and just all the logistics, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all those little moving pieces mm -hmm. and decisions that constantly have to be made. So I do think I work a lot of hours, but I have a lot of flexibility. Yeah. I decided when I had the first child that I wanted to be a mom. I didn't want to mirror what I had mm -hmm. growing up. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be there in the morning, mm -hmm. and I wanted to be there in the evening. Yep. Um, I didn't want to work a million hours. And that was really hard to learn how to delegate and back out. Yeah, and yeah. that was more hard psychologically and like pride. Yeah. But you get used to it. Because you're kind of giving up a little control, oh, totally. right? Like you you expect it to be run a certain way, but mm -hmm. as soon as you step away from any business, it's... Yeah. it's you have to have faith yeah, and yeah. trust your team. Sure. But yeah, that definitely was a learning curve. So my first one, now he's eight. And okay. it took a while for me to be comfortable yeah. with that and... 
to build in enough systems and protocol that things could run that smooth. Um, I live by my calendar. Mm. So probably like you, I have, I have a paper calendar. I have my calendar in my phone. Same. I start at 6 a.m. I finish at whatever, 10. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, um, most every minute is scheduled. Yeah. I would say that's the only bad thing is I don't have unscheduled time except for Sunday is my unscheduled day. So when your life is that full, right. you're very busy. Right, right, But right, I want right. to stay fit. I want to, you know, be with the kids. Yeah. And I do want to really be there for my team at Bella. And I do want to work a lot. I love to work. So you so, just, you enjoy all the things that you quote unquote have to do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So how else do you stay? I mean, you, you mentioned before you're very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, it's been around for years, but I think it's talked a lot. It's talked about a lot more recently because yeah. people are realizing like there's this whole other component to your soul, to your being, to yeah. your life. That's extremely important. And like, it doesn't always have to be religious, yeah. right? It doesn't have to fit in a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that you get up early. You like to mm-hmm. get up before the rest of your family to have some time to you. Yeah. So what are some, on these on these episodes, I really like to kind of like, I know what works for me, right? Yeah. I know what got me out of a very bad situation. I know how I stay healthy. I know when I'm feeling like I'm going back down. I know what works for me. So when people come on and they they have their stories of their own. I'm like, what works for you? Like, what are some tangible takeaways so that people listening can be like, oh, I like that. Let me try that. Or I like this. Let me try that from that guest. So anything concrete that you can offer our listeners, um, whether they're moms or business owners or not, right? Just humans walking around this earth that, that works for you. Yeah, totally. So I have had a few teachers like a Reiki uh, practitioner that I see okay. and she's given me some really lovely advice. I started seeing her when my father got diagnosed. Mm. So two and a half years ago or over two and a half years ago. And I did that instead of talk therapy. Got it. And that really helped me mature okay. spiritually. Yeah. So some of the things that she taught me, I implement and then some things just like trial and error. Right. So for me with such a packed schedule, I do sometimes have to stack So it's like habit stacking or stack in things. So um, I really believe there's something so beautiful about being in nature. My favorite Mm -hmm. thing to do is after I get my kids to school to go outside and go for a walk on my farm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I usually will play a podcast Mm -hmm. or a meditation. Okay. So I'm out in nature and moving my body and breathing fresh air and I'm filling my mind with beautiful, supportive things. Information. Yeah. 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 I think that's huge. Even if, so today I didn't have a lot of time. I did a 10 minute walk. Right. It was still awesome. Right. It was still good. And it was yeah. still me time. Yeah. And I would have loved to have an D, hour. Yeah. Vitamin you know, D, we're so lucky huge. to be in Georgia. Totally. And have that, that. I do think like that waking up with your gratefuls. Yes. You know, say what you're grateful for yeah. in your mind is yeah. huge. And that takes no time. Yep. I love all the free things yeah. that can help you be happy 100%. and balanced. Yeah. And I totally believe that is perspective mm-hmm. because someone could live in a mansion mm-hmm. and be miserable mm-hmm. or someone could live in that mansion and be like, holy crap, yeah. I live in a mansion, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's totally your perspective. So you are very, is it safe to say, um, I think we're very similar in this sense, but safe to say that you are aware of your thoughts from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Yeah, but that's still, that's pretty new yeah. for me. It's a lot of work too. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that I had that negative self-talk yeah. thing that everybody has. Yep. I never knew that. Um, I'm not sure and, if until it Until your dad? Um, it was maybe two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was my Reiki practitioner or podcast I heard. I follow so many awesome right, podcasts right. because it's just free education yeah. and everyone needs a positive voice. You know, everyone needs that support. Um, well, even just a space to listen. Like that's yeah. the biggest reason I started this is because at my darkest days, like it's so hard to talk sometimes. 
Mm-hmm. But everybody's ears are always opening. People are always listening. And whether you take this information and use it or not, it might just awaken something within you to be yeah. like, huh, let me, let me, let me explore that. Totally. You know? Yeah. But it sounds like for you, it was just um, maybe a combination of the the physical, the Reiki, right? That releases a lot of stuff and, yeah. and promotes a lot of healing. And then doing that work. Yeah, being at the same time. Being willing to do that work. And, and also journal and being really honest with yourself. Yeah, which is not glamorous. <laughs> it is painful yeah. and humbling. Not easy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. But, Sorry. Oh, yeah. So I think I heard a podcast and they were talking about the negative voice. And like, yes. Talk back to your negative voice because yeah. that's not the real you. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, I don't have that. And we had a chat, my husband and I, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I 100% have that. I have that all the time. He's like, that's why I can't take any criticism criticism from you because it hurts my feelings because I'm already criticizing myself. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you are? I never would have thought that because he doesn't visually expressed that. Right. He seems very content, right. very calm. I had no idea that he had that negative voice in his yeah. head. And then I realized, it's like I turned the volume on. Yeah. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I totally have that negative voice too. Huh. And it took a really long time. It probably took a year, year and a half of me trying to shut it down. Like, mm-hmm. no, right. you're lying. Right. Um. And it's so funny when you hear it because it's so unbelievably rude. Right. And you would never yeah. say that to a friend. <laughs> like, uh, you shouldn't do that because you're going to fail. Right. What? Right. Who talks like that? Yeah. So, yeah, it probably took me like a year and a half of talking back to it. Like, no, no, right. not true. Right. And now I feel like I don't have it too much, but I, like everybody, I have insecurities sure. and doubts. And doubts, and, yeah. But I feel now that I mostly have that I want to continue working on is blocks. Mm. How am I holding myself back? Sure. Oh, they're usually fear yeah. or ego. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I just went back to, um, I'm going to, I need to do a, a podcast on this just alone, but I went back to therapy just recently after 17 years of not going to therapy. Yeah. And it wasn't because, um, you know, for so long I was forced into it. Like I didn't have a choice, right? Like we want you to survive. So you need to do this. And now at first I remember talking to a friend and I was like, I feel like such a failure because I'm going back. And she made, she helped me to realize like you're going back because there's something blocking, there's something missing and not because of the girl that you were at 16, 17 years old, yeah. you're totally different. And you're going back because you want to. You want to learn because, and grow. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And now yeah. it's like, I look forward to it every single oh, week. I'm like, let's gosh. go. Let's go. That's amazing. But it, I think everybody needs it. Not everyone's right. up for it. Right. Well, and it takes time and it's expensive it and insurance doesn't cover it. Yeah. All these things. But all these things you can make excuses mm-hmm. for. And you're going to stay exactly the same mm-hmm. or you try something yep. different yeah. and maybe things start to move and yeah. shift and you realize, wow, there's some things I need to explore yeah. that happened forever ago. And we're always evolving. We're yeah. always changing. You're always totally. growing. Life is not over until it's over. So why not? Everyone's going through something yeah. hard. I feel like none of us dodge it. It's like mental, spiritual, or physical. Right. That's all part of our lessons here yeah. as humans that we're all going through something hard. Yeah. I heard this beautiful thing that if you don't have friends that are spiritual or lifting you up or doing better than you that can inspire you, pay for it. Mm. And Ooh, I, have, I like that. I know. Isn't that like gold? Yeah. So I've always had friends that are like entrepreneurs. Sure. I have beautiful friends that I love, like dearly, dearly love. But I didn't have a lot of friends that were super spiritual, wanting to really open themselves up, grow, or were doing so much better than me that I could aspire to be like them. Hmm. So I paid for a coach. You know that app, Insight Timer? No. They have awesome meditations. They have beautiful coaches. Insight Timer? Yeah. Okay. They have beautiful coaches on there. Okay. Some are free. A lot is free. But if you want to do one-on-one, you pay for it. So I paid to have that person in my life that could really pull me up 
and challenge you, right? Yeah. yeah. They, she gave me homework. And wow. Like I had to do the mirror work, mm. which is so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to do all kinds of things. Go to lunch by myself without my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you know, just learn how to love myself. Right, right, And right, it right. was so amazing. And it next leveled me across the board. Yeah. In my marriage, as, as a mom, in my business. And... As soon as our session wrapped, because it was like six months, yeah, I got like, I now have probably 12 really good, beautiful girlfriends mm. that are entrepreneurs, that are spiritual, right. that are authentic. That you don't have to pay for. That I don't pay for. <laughs> I like that. And like, then we can have this right. conversation. Right. This is good for your soul. 100%. And it makes you better. Yep. And you learn something. And if you don't have that in your life, Pay for it. Right. Right. Like I always say, and like, I love, this is the best, best part about my life. Like I love providing this platform for other yeah. people to share their life. But selfishly, I feel 10 times better when we're done. Totally. And somebody's like, that was so good. Like I, I feel so much better. I'm like, so do I. Like it's, it's obviously mutual, but at the same time, it's very self-serving and I think that's okay. Yeah. Right. Um, with the intention we of obviously that. providing for other people. Yeah. So I'm just, I mean, your, your story is obviously, um, very different. I've never had someone on that's had this kind of this life and the, and the way that they grew up and had to basically hustle for yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Not only now learn to not hustle. Right, (laughs) right, right. So you're kind of unlearning everything, but, um, keeping that, the emotional connection, Mm -hmm really at the heart of everything you do, it sounds like, right? Which is very different than where you grew up or how you grew up. Yeah. So people always have two options. You either repeat the past or Or evolve. Correct. Yeah. So you're, you're truly inspiring and, um, very well spoken. And I I just looked down, I'm like, we're past an hour. Like that went fast. That went really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you want that we kind of missed? I know we had a little um, powwow, but I, I feel like we touched most everything. Yeah, I think we did. Okay. Um, yeah, hopefully I can, we can always bring you back people to, it's really hard to take time for yourself Yeah, and there's a million excuses, yep. but when you do, there's like a beautiful ripple effect. Yeah. I told my girlfriend, she recently went through a divorce and she was able to really support me this week emotionally and have a super deep, awesome spiritual conversation with me. And she could not have done that two years ago. Mm. And like one awesome thing that I think is like a great lesson is that whenever we go through something painful, like my father passing, Mm -hmm. my horse hurting me, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this beautiful saying that the light comes in through the wound. Mm. It's like an opportunity and like jump in and take it. Right. When you're suffering, you can grow. Yeah. And it's so gorgeous. And like, because she was willing to do that hard work and do all the spiritual work and really grow herself and be brutally honest with herself, she's now able to support me better as a girlfriend and pull me up spiritually and otherwise because she went through right. that and she couldn't have done that right. without going through a lot of hardship. And then I hopefully am able to bring someone else further right. along because right. of her gift to me. So it is like a ripple effect. If you do invest in yourself that time in the right way, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I do think it does affect collectively Absolutely. everybody else. A hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. We're going to have, uh, we're going to, I'm going to have to bring you back. Yeah. And just kind of like chat about all the, the things all the and things. updates because you're very fun to talk to. Yay. I mean, usually we're talking and I'm laying there and she's, you know, massaging my face and doing all the lasers. <laughs> but to have this sort of kind of heart to heart has been very cool. So yeah. thank you for, yeah. for sharing your story and being so open. Um, where can everyone find you on Instagram? Yes. So it's alethia.laser.guru. Okay. And at Bella Medspa ATL. Bella Medspot ATL. Go check them out. They're local in Buckhead and Alpharetta. They do all of the things. 
um, ask for the what's what did you call it? The custom facial, the yeah, um, the refresh, the refresh is what we're known for. Yes, yeah. the refresh facial where they look at you and they tailor it exactly to what you need. So it's not like what every single client gets, which yeah. is very cool. So thank you for sharing yes. your story. Thank you for having You're me. You're welcome. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. The biggest compliment I ever receive is when you like the episode, you share it with your friends and your family or a stranger that is in need of hearing this information and from these beautiful guests. And then also to give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I would also love to hear from you. So if you would like, you can DM me at six feet above podcast on Instagram, or send me an email six feet above podcast at gmail.com. So that's six, the number six feet above podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear your questions, your comments, your feedback, your suggestions, and also any guests that you would love to hear from in the future. Thanks for listening.